Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to Never Heard of It, a Night Shift Radio original. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you're so inclined. For more information, visit nightshiftradio.com. <laughs> that wind up. It was a wind up and then it was like a... <laughs> I, okay, so... <laughs> Uh, we, you know, yes. we're, we're in our time travel month, right? Mm-hmm, and I watched mm-hmm, a movie last night that is a time travel movie. That was not okay. the, the movie we're going to talk about today. So I watched the How brand new Chris Pratt movie, The Tomorrow War. Oh, yeah. Now. I heard that was, that was basically like just a popcorn flick. Yeah, totally. Um, so, okay. So here's what I'm going to say. One, I think Chris Pratt is is an okay actor. He's funny. I think he's okay. charming. I think he's good looking. He was the wrong mm-hmm. person to cast for this movie. Um that often yep. happens. And uh also it's not a great movie. But okay. it's fun. But. And it has a really great concept. Um I am going to spoil a little bit of this movie just because uh, not not one of the main things, but you get the general idea. I mean, really there really isn't many surprises in this movie. Let's there isn't like a twist to this movie, okay? So, the plot of the movie is that all of a sudden an army teleports into the world in 2021. And they're like, okay. "Hey, we're from the future." And we're here to tell you that 30 years from now, the world is attacked by, let's say, aliens. They're aliens. They're aliens. The world is attacked by alien, attacked by these, these weird creature aliens. And, um, we're going to recruit people for, we're, we're, there's like humanities. There's, there's like 50,000 of us left. Like we're done for, right? We're going to recruit soldiers from 2021 teleport them through time 30 years to fight this war, the Tomorrow War. That seems like a bad idea. Right. So there's two things with this. One, uh, the good and the bad. The good, I absolutely fucking loved, loved the concept they put forth in time travel. They said the way it works is they, they basically create a singularity point. So if it's Monday, January 15th, twenty. 31 51 
and okay. Monday, January 15th, 2021, and that's the day the singularity opens, that time moves forward with time. So, and you can only go, uh, you, you can go forward and backward, but only between those two exact points in time whenever the singularity opens. So here's the, here's the catch. Hmm. So let's say I go forward in time and I stay okay. there for seven days. It's now January 22nd, 2051, right? When I travel okay. back, it will be January 22nd, 2021, because the point okay. always moves with me. You can never, I'm not going back to any different points. I can't fluctuate. It's just they, they, for whatever reason, the time signature works. And so however much time you spend in the future, like if you spent six months there and then you travel back, you are now six months later than the day you left in your original time. You cannot go back to your original time. Okay. So I love that premise. I think that's really cool. And from like a scientific time travel premise, I think it's kind of neat. It, it, you can kind of science it out and be like, yeah, that makes sense because of blah. Here's where it's bad. And you probably already thought okay. about this right off the bat. So if mm -hmm. you know in 2051 when the aliens are going to attack, because it doesn't happen until like the 2040s, mind you. Mm hmm why would you go back in 2021 and try to fight the future when you could go back to 2021 and fix the future by prepping and stopping the tomorrow war? They spend mm -hmm. almost the entire movie just wiping out half of 2021's population, sending them to the future where they just fucking die because they get annihilated by these creatures. They're uh, like a Quiet Place 2 type creatures. They're just monsters, basically. They're not even like intelligent. Okay. They're just beasts that go and kill things. So they spend almost the whole movie until eventually Chris Pratt's character runs into some other scientist who's like, we've been spending years studying this, so what we figured out is that the, the blood of these creatures, we can turn it into a toxin that kills them, so I'm going to send you back to the past and I know, and you're going to find, you're going to basically give humanity this toxin and be like, hi, weaponize this. Aliens are coming. And when they do fucking kill them with this, because like nothing like bullets barely work on them because they're like armored. So there's only like a few spots that work. <laughs> so, and so then he does it, but then it turns out that that the aliens crash-landed tens of thousands of years ago, and they were just frozen in ice in Russia, and nobody just knew. And I just... It, huh. it was a bad movie. It's a bad movie. It's fun, huh. and I loved the time travel part about it, but the whole plot of the movie, I'm like, this doesn't make sense, because they even say hey, when you go back after, because you serve for seven days, like you you get picked up from 2021, you get shot to 2051, you spend seven days shooting aliens, and then if you live, they send you back, uh, which like most people don't live. So you get sent back and that's like your tour of duty. Like they initiated a draft basically, like a worldwide draft, because they're like, we need so many soldiers that like, we have to initiate a draft. So like Chris Pratt's, uh, he's former military, but now he's like a school teacher. And so like he gets, you know, he's the one, he just gets drafted. Like he, he doesn't even go for it. He gets drafted. 
And like, mm-hmm. there's just this, is there's like a lot of weird subplots about like him and his wife and his kid and his dad plays a point who is J.K. Simmons, by the way, who was fucking awesome. <laughs> um, I fucking love J.K. Simmons. Love that guy. Um, it, and it's just, it's just really bad. But they even say like, hey, when you go back into your normal time, like you can't talk about like the aliens or anything because it'll mess up the future. And I'm like, that, but isn't, shouldn't you be going back? But a bunch like, of people, there's time traveling to die doesn't mess up the future like that was like you lost me immediately with that like they're taking people from the past to fight a war in the future how do you expect to have a future if you're killing so many people from like they're killing hundreds of thousands of people from the past what if one of those people like so i guess the way they do it is basically the people that they draft from 2021 they only draft people that are not alive in 2051 so they do this like time check on your dna that like cross references the future and they're basically like oh you're not alive in 2051 so we're going to send you to the future but like that doesn't make sense it should be the other way around that if you weren't alive in 2021 because let's say And Chris Pratt's a perfect example because this scenario basically happens. They send him to the future and he ends up running into his daughter who is a full-blown adult like in the military. And it's like, Mm -hmm. but now your future has changed because she says to him like, yeah, you came back and you were different and you divorced mom and you got really bad into drinking. And he's like, okay, then I won't do that. They'd be like, but now her entire life is different because you've consciously mm-hmm. made the decision to not let this happen. So mm-hmm. now, like, you, you've come into this paradox of, like, I've traveled back in time. You know, I've been sent back in time with the knowledge to change the future. Now, you, she doesn't exist as she does today. That now changes the future. What if you pick someone up who gives birth to someone in 2051 that's fighting the war, but they die in, yeah. in that thing? Now they no longer give birth to that person. You're just creating a, t- a havoc timeline this is yeah. base. I mean, this is like time travel one hundred and one things. Like, I feel like I'm yeah. I'm Scott uh, Lang talking to the Hulk, being like, "This is time travel one hundred and one. It is known. <laughs> it is known. Back to the future. Time cop." <laughs> but yeah, uh, like, sure, okay. You pick someone who isn't alive in the the time that you're bringing them to, which means that they they died sometime between now and then. Which means that if they die in that year, then Okay, theoretically, the future's not affected, but 30 years is a long time, and that person, like, we don't know how long that person would have lived between 21 and 51, and, like, whose lives they would have impacted, and so that's an incredibly flawed logic, unless they have, like, a full breakdown of this person's timeline and can say definitively, like, this person somehow had absolutely like their actions would have had no net uh, negative or positive effect on the timeline whatsoever between these two dates. And so it's safe to remove them from which that in some ways has been done in time travel stories. And it's kind of interesting, yeah. uh, but it's still like, it's like that has to be fully fleshed out and not just this person isn't alive anymore. So, you know, who cares if they die right. now? A lot of people care. Well, Somebody yeah, cares. but you, but in the story, I care. you know, yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah, it was it was really confusing, and I I know people are like, oh, I really liked it. Be like, sure, it was fun, but like when you uh-huh. when you subtract the action from the film, and you just watch the film, 
you're like, this is a terrible movie. Like this is this mm-hmm. is not well thought out. And it wasn't. And I'll be honest, it was two hours and 20 minutes long. And I think I probably uh added up about 35 minutes that could have easily been cut. Like there's a whole the movie begins with Chris Pratt being teleported into the future. And it's this really crazy scenario, very, very cool, like weird scenario that happens. But it's it's him getting teleported into the future, being like, oh my God, what the fuck's going on? Flashback to a bunch of scenes of Chris Pratt, like at a birthday party and just being weird. And they just don't matter. And then the first mm-hmm. scene is people are watching uh, a soccer game and the the people teleport into the soccer game. The movie should have started with the soccer game. Like, people are, you know, it opens up, people are watching the soccer game, the people come, because then after that, you get an opening montage of all of news reporters, you know, how they info dump, you know, the exposition. Uh, and the news reporters are like, people from the future have come, you know, what we've learned is blah, 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 and aliens have come, and this is the future, and blah, blah, and they just info dump the the backstory of the people from the future. The movie should have just mm-hmm. started right with that, done the info dump, then shown the scene with Chris Pratt teaching, and then he comes home and talks to his uh, wife about, like, yeah, like, ever since I got out of the military, like, I just can't f- seem like I can't find my place, blah, 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 movie kicks up from there. That's 30 minutes, yeah. just cut that would have made this such a smoother better film it sounds like it might like the premise might make for a, a decent short story a la like the novella all you zombies that our last film was yeah. based on uh, but like trying to make a, a full length like two plus hour summer blockbuster off that like eh, pass. yeah 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 or or you build a better concept and then, like, make it a series. Like, show us the, the, the full war. Show us various campaigns of it. Show us, like, don't try to just, like, problem resolution it in two so, hours. So my thought was is what they should have done is so the, the future people come back and they're like, look, there is, like, 50,000 humans left in the world. Like, that is it. They're killing us so fast. So what we want mm-hmm. is we go back in time, find scientists— and researchers bring them to the future with our future technology and the samples of the aliens to solve how to fight the aliens. Then send them back in time to be prepared to figure out one. Cause like one of the things that they, that they end up like last minute, like a plot thing, they were like, Oh, you know what we should do? Cause like, mind you, this takes place over the course of like a couple of months is like, mm-hmm. oh, you know what we should do is figure out, one, how the fuck the aliens got here because uh, they weren't detected on satellite. Like, no spaceships were detected. It's like they just appeared out of nowhere. And what we learn is that mm. they were actually frozen underground. A volcano erupted that unthawed them and basically shot them across the world, and they just spread in hive fast and just was like, and just destroyed the world fast. So that's kind of awesome. So that's what it should have been. Send all the scientists and researchers. Chris Pratt goes as a former military and he's a bio something or other. Like he's, he's smart in, in science things too. And they're sent (laughs) to the future to problem solve and, and figure out using the future technology and, and samples of the alien DNA. Then they go back to the Mm -hmm. past to figure out how the aliens got here. That should have been the plot of the movie. Cause the majority of it, I was just like, none of this makes sense. You are, Killing the past to save a bad future. It doesn't make sense. Save the past. Save the cheerleader. Save I mean, the world. what's 
What's wrong with just a good old-fashioned go back in time to warn people? Right. And, like, try to fix the future right. that way. I get they're trying to be unique, but, like, it was fucking weird. You got... If it's 30 years, you got 30 years to prepare. Or even, like, let's say uh, if it happened in the 2040s, you've got at least, like, 20-some-odd years to prepare. Yeah. Like, send the warning back. Like, this is happening. And, like, the peoples of the world unite now and, like, fix this before it happens. Or be ready when right. it does. And just save yourselves from our future. Right. Like they, that I they get have behind. like they had bodies of the aliens. They could have brought the just bring samples of the aliens back and be like, "Hi, here's aliens. Here's all the things. Here's what we know. Try to fucking figure it out. You know, like go figure it out. Save the future. Figure out why we didn't detect them. Figure out how to detect them. That whole spiel. And it just it was a mess. And here's my other thing: why I say Chris Pratt was a bad choice. Chris Pratt's funny. And he's he's boyishly good looking. But the problem mm-hmm. is, is he's boyishly good looking and goofy, and he's charming in a in a silly sense. And I had the same issue with him in the movie Passengers as well, is that every mm. time he talks to someone and he makes some sort of like ha 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 like nice joke, it looks like he's flirting. So there's a scene where he sees his daughter in the future and she's, you know, fucking 40 years old or something like that. You know, like she's she's a grown up and she's in the military. Yeah. And it feels like he's flirting with her because of the way he talks, like the way he smiles, the way he looks at her. And it was weird. It came off very uncomfortable. Mm. And that's how he acted mm. towards everybody in the movie. And I'm like... This movie, like, it has a little bit of comedy in it. I mean, very little. There's a few scenes, you know, there's the typical one-liners of, like, take that, you know, or, like, uh, I'll have what she's having, you know, whatever. Uh, You know, just stupid one-liners. J.K. Simmons has a couple. Chris Pratt has a couple. There's there's another guy who has a couple. And, And that's fine, but somebody had to be the cool, badass hero guy person, let's say, Mm -hmm. and... Chris Pratt was just it didn't it didn't come off that way. It came off like uh Star Lord without you know, like it came off just like him being uh, Star Lord. Like he just sort of happened to stands through it. So it it, it yeah. could have used somebody different. Yeah. That's my thought. You know what else was almost a comedy? <laughs> <laughs> Time warp. That being said, hello and welcome to the Never Heard of a Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fight. And my name is Mud. <laughs> so we are talking I'm about Caleb. the movie Time Warp. Uh, now, uh, we do want to preface, there is actually a documentary series called Time Warp, uh, which is about uh, movies like Rocky Horror Picture Show and stuff like that, where it talks about like old sci-fi films. Um, and it is a documentary series. This is not that series. This is actually was a made-for-TV movie. Um, uh, which guest stars, it's as a special guest star, as it says in the credits. So that's how you know it's a made for TV movie. Uh, Adam West <laughs> plays a, plays the bad guy in this movie, I guess. If there is, if you want to classify it, it like that. He is essentially the antagonist. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Colonel uh, Ed Weston. And this and like for anyone who knows Adam West from. Be correct. Uh, the, the Batman days, like, you know, he's very heroic and like, he's like, he's schlocky, but suave and whatnot. Uh, but then if you fast forward to Adam West as mayor, Adam West and family guy, he's this like goofy, like 
vaguely maniacal, uh, possibly evil, but definitely arrogant, <laughs> like weirdo. And I feel like somewhere right in the middle, like right here in 1981, our, our wonderful birth year, uh, was like the, the origin of that version of Adam West. Cause he basically is playing an, an early, uh, incarnation of Mayor Adam West in this movie, and I'm, yeah. I love it. I'm here. No, for he it. totally is. Uh, uh, and again, hello to everyone in our Twitch chat. Hello, uh, Dre Amazing. Uh, we know uh, we say hello. Uh, so again, for those of you listening hello. on the podcast, we are live streaming this. Uh, we live stream our recordings every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern time uh, at twitch.tv uh, slash Michael Fight. So definitely uh, come check in. And uh, you know, if you wanna if you wanna catch an episode a week earlier, uh, definitely definitely do that. Um, or my name isn't Adam Wee. <laughs> Adam Wee. <laughs> so, so yes, no, and and it's true. He he very much feels like it feels like this character, Colonel Ed Weston, eventually goes off to become the mayor of Cohog. Like that is that is exactly uh, how this feels. So this film uh, specifically uh, stars Harry Johnson. <laughs> Harry Johnson as Captain Mark Devereaux. Now, Harry Johnson's been in a few things. He was in uh, Black Mass. He was in Law and Order for a while. Um, he was in uh, uh, the movie called Glass House, which is, is that the one? That's not the one I was talking about last time. No. Um, oh, that's a weird movie. Yeah, Lily Sobieski. <laughs> that is a really weird movie. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Glass House. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, he was in the show Heartland. Uh, he's He's been in a few things. Um, I would say nothing necessarily big, big, but he's been in a few things. He was, uh, literally a no name <laughs> character, uh, in, um, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is pretty funny. Um, but so he's the main character of this movie and, uh, this movie was written by, um, Anne Spielberg, um, who, uh, I don't think is related to, uh, other Spielberg. I couldn't find any connection between Anne and Steven. Yeah. Uh, but similarly, uh, one of the directors is Alan Sandler. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. A Adam? No. Alan. Yeah, um, which is not... So I, I also don't know if there's any connection there. Uh, I don't no, think so. Yeah, there, at least that I saw. Yeah, there is not a, uh, a connection uh, between that person um, and that. But they, uh, Alan Sandler and... Um, uh, and Spielberg uh, did work together mm -hmm. on a lot of things. So, Evan? It's important to acknowledge that the real star of this movie uh, is Barry Gordon of uh, the 80s and 90s uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fame. Uh, he was both uh, Donatello and Bebop. Oh, hey. Yeah. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he's been in other things, but, like, let's really focus on the highlight of his career, which was definitely Donatello. Yeah. I mean, obviously. It was Dollar <laughs> dollar Store, uh, Dollar General Sandler. <laughs> Colonel Sandler, in fact. <laughs> Colonel Sandler. <laughs> of Kentucky fame. So, so, I mean, we'll say it right off the bat. This this is a this actually is is very similar to Tomorrow War in that this is a bad movie with a cool concept. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. uh, exactly. This, um, yeah, this was not a good movie. No, it was. I mean, I didn't go into it expecting right. it, but yet it somehow still disappointed me. 
so so the general plot of this movie is that um Colonel Ed Weston has basically Adam West has designed this really great AI that uh is gonna help uh send Captain Mark DeVore, our main character, uh DeVore, sorry, Captain Mark DeVore, send Captain Mark DeVore into space, the furthest anyone has ever gone past Jupiter to study a black hole that's potentially in our solar system, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, which uh, we, of course, now know, four decades later, that there is a black hole in our solar system in the middle. Yeah. Well, not in our solar system, in our galaxy. Right. Which, okay, let, let's actually, let's let's pick that apart for a moment, because uh, are they looking for a black hole in the solar system? Uh, because they also talk about exploring the farthest reaches of the galaxy, which how, how, right. That's very far. Well, and it's only takes place over a year. Technically he's been away from home for two years, uh, when he's three days away from home, uh, on the approach past Jupiter, which means he's going incredibly fast. That's very fast. Yeah, oh, yeah, because it's he goes a year out and then a year back, right? Is that something yeah. like that? Yeah, I think so. I think because they, they, they've um, nobody has seen or heard from him in a year, he's been gone for two and he's almost home. That's what we yeah. know, but like we don't know where, where he goes, uh, like how far we know he's going really fast, right? And we know that he's his ship is uh, the Solo One, which is. An incredibly creative name, like you know. But just let's really it's, round of applause for the writers great. here. Yeah. <laughs> the solo one is uh, essentially automated entirely by the world's most powerful computer that just happened to be designed personally by Adam West. I mean, Ed, Ed Weston, Weston, which are definitely not and the same person. They call it the West Ton, right? <laughs> the West, the West Ten. ten. W-E-S dash 10. The West 10. Weston. And that, honestly, that pun is the best part of the it movie. It is. And so here's the <laughs> thing, though, which I thought was really funny, is is the whole the whole idea is Colonel Adam West's character designs this mission, like, cooks up this mission to send DeVore mm-hmm. into space so that he can, one, steal his wife... And two, yes. get a promotion to general. <laughs> that yes. is his only goal. The man makes a fucking AI. <laughs> and he couldn't use that to get fucking jail. Like, he made, like, a fully functional AI in 1981. <laughs> and he's like, all right, I made this robot, but it's going to send someone into space and... Uh. That's why this, uh, why I say, like, this is very much, like, Mayor Adam West. Like, this is the kind of, like, cockamamie scheme that <laughs> right. he would half the half-baked thing through. Uh, because, yeah, it makes, it makes no sense. If he's brilliant enough to design the world's most powerful computer uh, and have it be, like, artificially intelligent and, like, able to, like, communicate in real time and think and pilot a ship on this massive, you know, mission of exploration, that alone is huge. That is groundbreaking. That is, you know, grounds for promotion and also would, you know, would garner him fame and fortune and all those sorts of things in our bullshit capitalist society. But instead, <laughs> he says, I'm going to steal your girl, bitch, <laughs> and sends his best friend to space. Send, send my best friend to space. <laughs> But then the the other messed up part about this is that he sends 
he sends his best friend, he sends Mark DeVore to space to then sabotage the mission, knowing yeah. so well that it's not real, that that like it's gonna fuck yeah. up and he's gonna end up getting sucked into this black hole. To and he, he uploads a code to the to West Hen to basically be like, hey, mm-hmm. fuck, drive the ship into a black hole. All right, bye Jupiter, see ya. And then, uh, and then that's it. Like, and now you're, and now yeah. he's dead. He's gone forever. You can be like, oh, but the mission was a success because uh, things now promote me to general, and I'm gonna go bang your wife. Like, that's the that's yeah. the plot of this movie. It's just the worst. <laughs> Well, it's amazing the confidence a good mustache will give you. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's true. It is true. It is pretty damn, it's pretty solid. But that's how you know he's a bad guy, because he has a mustache. Yeah. Yeah, because he has the yeah. mustache. Andrew, so, yeah, I would say, we, we, we of course, are, are live streaming this on, on Twitch, so we may occasionally interact with the, the chat here. Uh, Andrew, this movie is as old as we are. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> this movie came out the year we were all born. Uh and it's yeah, black holes love mustache. Well, so the mustache guy was back on Earth, the the non-mustachioid person. So so the beginning of the movie starts off, and we we learn about this whole trip, and they're like setting up. You know, it kind of feels like they were trying to do like naked gun slash airplane type humor. I don't know how. I mean, like Dragnet already existed, so the humor was already there. Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of like tongue in cheek you know, things, but there was a few scenes when the press was setting up where I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those like slapstick. It's going to be one of those type of movies, but it's not, it's actually quite terrible. And, uh, most of the, uh, humor is, is pretty, is pretty bad. Um, but the beginning of the movie starts off with the, basically the first contact of Mark DeVore as he is headed back. He's close enough to earth where they can talk to him. And, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Colonel Weston is there and the press is there and Mark's wife, uh, Gretchen Corbett is there who, uh, Gretchen Corbett, uh, she was in episodes of Wonder Woman. She was in other worlds. She was in the Rockford files, Magnum PI. Um, she's, she's, Gotta go for those guys with mustaches. Yeah, she was in Shrill. She was in Portlandia. Um, she she's been in a few <laughs> things uh, since this movie. But so Ellen, uh, Ellen is is her name. She is there with their kid, and the first contact they get with them, and like it looks like the cockpit of uh, of like the scene from Spaceballs. Like that's what he because he's like yeah. there's just food everywhere, and he's eating popcorn and chips and. <laughs> It's like there's cans of Pepsi and like bags of chips and like all sorts of other garbage food uh, as Adam West's character is doing this monologue about this great like powerful AI that he designed and how it can you know navigate with precision and uh, will like sustain a human for however long and like will design healthy uh, diets and stuff like that and like as he's doing that like specifically as he's talking about the healthy diet it pans across all of the garbage that. <laughs> Uh, Mark has been eating uh, to like him just sitting there like slamming popcorn from a, a giant, giant bag. bag. Yeah, like the, surrounded by assholes. I surrounded by assholes. Um, just and, and as they they make contact with him, video contact, he's still just sitting there pop, like throwing popcorn in his mouth. And you know, there's a little bit of a delay, which like I'm glad that they did that because uh, real time communication between here and Jupiter would have been a little bit hard to believe even for this yeah. movie. Um, but like they ask him like, what has sustained you throughout this, this long period of solitude? Sex. 
sex. Ellen, bring oh, me Ellen. Ellen. I want my wife. Sex. <laughs> oh boy. Luckily for me, my own was was with me watching that. So hopefully she doesn't come running hearing me say that because she'll know that it was from the movie. I don't know. She she what did you need? If, um, let me know if you hear a knock because apparently she knocks every now and then when I have these headphones on and I oh, hear we, nothing. Oh, I haven't heard it. No. Nothing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so you know, and of course, Weston is embarrassed because this is his uh, uh, this is his moment to be like. Look mm-hmm. at me! Look how great I am! So after that, he he kicks all the press out, and he was like, "Hey, uh, I'm gonna uh, upgrade. You know, I'm gonna send some things to to West Ten uh, real quick." And he's like, "Oh, by the way," uh, and he says, um, "You know, uh, Mark says, oh, I upgraded your AI. By the way, he was really boring." And he says a couple of racist <laughs> things, and uh, <laughs> and he's like, "So I'm gonna upgrade it, and and I made him more fun." Which is great because, like, he, the uh, Weston says, like, you know, I designed him in my image. He's perfect. And you know, it cuts to a scene of the, the AI talking, and he's talking in Adam West's yeah. voice. It just- <laughs> it's like, no, well, Mark has lied to you. No changes have been made. <laughs> and then, of course, they, they end the call, and uh, Mark is like, Good job, Mud. You fooled yeah. him. <laughs> uh, which is uh, w- what was what did Mud stand for? More unnecessary yeah, more data. Unnecessary he he data. said that that whenever uh, he would try to Mark would try to make any input, uh, the AI would return with you know no more unnecessary data. So he just started referring to him as yeah, Mud. As Mud. Uh, and now Mud sounds a little more like Mark Devore, um, but he is uh, yeah. um, Barry, Barry Gordon. Gordon instead. Yeah, Donatello and yeah. Bebop. <laughs> Uh, Adam West voice is perfect. Uh, so, uh, so, so now we've got this. So, so we see, you know, him and, and Adam, you know, and, uh, uh, Colonel Weston's like, okay, I'm going to upload some other files to help like get data before you come back. Now, what he's actually doing is uploading the files to basically tell the ship to fly into the black hole. So the ship does it. And it flies into black hole, and you know, Mud and Devor they they figure out how to be how to not get uh, sucked in the black hole, and they get back, and all of a sudden, when they get out of the black mm-hmm. hole, they realize they're way closer to Earth than they expected to be. Like he he can physically see yeah. it from where he is. He's like, whoa, like we got here way faster. We're like we were supposed to be two days before we got here. Like we're we're already here. What is going on? And Mark, you know, he's like, how long was I out? Like, it, it, it could only have been a few seconds. And Simon is like, oh, no, like, you're, you're not going to want to hear this, but it's been two days. And he gives the date as July 13th, uh, 1985, which was is the date that he was supposed to arrive at home originally, because July 14th, Bastille Day, uh, was his anniversary. And so he was targeting being home in time to, to see his wife for their anniversary. Uh, very sweet. Uh, but he's, you know, like, you, you've been out for, for two days. And uh, Mark's like, you know, that's that's not possible, uh, which I agree, because he would have had to pee really yeah. badly. Yeah, I mean, unless he, I mean, uh, I mean suit, maybe he just peed his. Yeah. All that popcorn he was eating, like, might have dried him up, but I mean, he's slamming Pepsis and shit, and so, like, yeah, who knows? I mean, who knows? So, uh, <laughs> so finally, they're like, all right, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, you know, try to contact people and let us, let them know we're about to land. So he's like, oh, our communication's down. We can't do that. Let's just land where we were supposed to land, um, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll go from there. So they land. Um, in this desert, uh, in, you know, in his giant ship and he gets out and there's nobody there. He's just, you know, he's all alone. He's like, Oh, well, maybe I got blown off course. There was a meteor shower and blah, blah, blah. So, all right, well, we'll just 
we'll find our way back. So he, he creates a portable little carry like thing with a little camera on it for mud to be in. <laughs> so there's, there, there's a meta version of this that I really love that like in 1981, this like massive, just like thing of blinking lights that really have no purpose whatsoever uh, was how they pictured the world's most powerful computer. Um, I'm always, I think we've talked about this before in, in old sci-fi, but I'm always completely fascinated by what they imagined future computers would look like. Uh, and you know, it, it's always like weird. Uh, but somehow he takes world's most powerful computer designed by his, his old buddy, Adam Wee, and condenses it into a little, little plastic cylinder uh, that is both a fully functional computer in and of itself, a pocket version, so to speak. Uh, you know, very forward thinking, very forward yeah. thinking, uh, but also still has direct contact with its original self uh, on the Solo One. He's Tony Stark. Tony Stark like, built this Mark's a fucking in a genius. fucking cave. <laughs> Tony in a Stark cave. built this for a spare in pocket. a cave with a box of spare parts. <laughs> <laughs> well, fucking respect, drinking sir. Pepsi and slamming old popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> the the scene where he starts to tidy up yeah. and he's throwing like throwing cans and trash bags and stuff like that and uh the the ship is uh kind of like goading him like oh he's such a good boy cleaning his room <laughs> <laughs> right. oh it's great so so mark gets out of the ship and uh he you know he's hitchhiking down on the road and uh, um, he uh, so he, he finally sees a car passing by and, you know, he's trying to, like, stop them and they're just running him right over. And he's like, what the heck, man? So finally, the car uh, gets up the road a bit and actually stops. Uh, <laughs> you're quite welcome for the laughs. Uh, the, so the car <laughs> stops and here. he comes up and he approaches uh, the, the guy. It's it's a husband and wife uh, with their bird in the back. Very important. Old man Old Caleb. Old man Caleb getting yelled at by his wife. <laughs> this is a very, very accurate depiction of old man Caleb. <laughs> Uh, just driving around with my old wife and my bird, <laughs> my bird and yelling. yelling everything. <laughs> he does the, yeah, the Lou Ferrigno thing. He's hanging out with his uh, thing. Um, so, so he's trying to talk to uh, the woman in the car and then the man fixing it. And finally, uh, uh, Mud is like, hey, man, I, I got to tell you something. Uh, I don't think they can see you. Also, uh, you're not in the year 1985. It's actually the year 1986. What? what? Uh, and he's like, I don't think he's like, I think that we've been shot. You have been shot forward in time. But because science they can't see or hear you. You're like a ghost, basically. You are a ghost right now, uh, although you, you're you somewhat corporeal because you can, like, touch the doors and pick things up and stuff like that, but no one can see any of that. We're just going to ignore it. Yeah, they don't really do a good job of establishing exactly how much he can interact with the world because he always, like, like the uh, old man Caleb opens the door and he jumps in the back seat and sits there, but, like, he doesn't fall through, so, like, he's solid enough to, like, sit and be affected by gravity and interact with the world around him. Uh, but yet we never see him like actually try to like open a door himself. Right. 
He's always just waiting for someone else. Because that would be hilarious to see him be able to interact with the world physically uh, and, like, fuck with people <laughs> yeah, as though we just, were ghosts. That's what I was hoping for. I wanted that very much. Right. <laughs> Look at the Pepsi. I, I mean, I feel like... Floating popcorn. I, I definitely feel like uh, because this was a TV movie, it probably was crippled a little bit on the type of things that they probably wanted to do um, with it. Uh, so, so now he realizes he's in, uh, 1986. So his, his body or whatever is in a different frequency and no one can see him or hear him except for, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick commercial break. <laughs> and, uh, when we come back, we will discuss who exactly, uh, can see him and how Mark is going to get out of this crazy predicament of this time warp. Uh, so what's gonna happen <laughs> if you are listening on on uh, uh, your podcast player of choice please don't forget to hit subscribe we super appreciate it uh you know it's it's very helpful and if you are able to leave a rating and review if your uh, uh podcast player supports that it's super helpful helps people uh discover the podcast and uh, help us grow and for those of you watching on twitch uh please enjoy while we sit here silently for 10 seconds uh we'll be right back <laughs> teller hey all it's michael fight here and i want to talk about sat condition one night shift radio's premier battlestar galactica fan cast join the crew as they quest for earth one episode at a time newcomer andrea and seasoned vets caleb and kitsy discuss the 2004 sci-fi series as they try to figure out who are the cylons I hear they look like us now. They just entered the last season of the series, so you've got tons of episodes to binge to catch up before the new series launches next year. Trust me, you'll want to binge when you start this series. Join them at Condition one throughout thepodcast.com or wherever you get podcasts. If you're like me, you used to sit in your driveway for as long as it took to hear the end of whatever dramatic tale was playing out on public radio that night. The Storyteller series is a loving homage to that classic radio theater. Lose yourself in original short stories. Performed by a full cast or delivered by a narrator and designed to take you on an audible journey. The Storyteller series is a Night Shift Radio original and is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Can't get enough? Or maybe you prefer the written word. Be sure to check out our monthly print edition as well at nightshiftradio.com slash storyteller. Hello and welcome back. But it was the really fast 10 seconds, like in the, the countdown in the movie. Yeah, it was, I think I only waited like two seconds. Uh, but... <laughs> We Who's got like, time to just sit around for ten seconds? Well, that's the thing. Like when, like when they're initially about to establish connection with him, some some guy who was really stoked about his one speaking line was like, uh, "T minus ten seconds. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, <laughs> five, four, three, two, one." <laughs> that's so fast. Why? You're no clock no, no, moves no. like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Who's got seconds? So. So now Mark's in the back of this car, husband and wife are in the front, giant fucking bird is in the back uh, in a cage, and Mark- it's, it's like, There's a giant bird cage in the back seat of this, like, clearly, like, 50s car. Like, yeah, this, like, this, is a, this was a classic car when the movie was made. It's, right. like, full-on antique at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, 30 years when then, and it's, like, 50, 60 years now. Crazy. So- um, I would use the intermission to use the intermission. Uh, so the, uh, so, so Mark starts talking and the bird starts saying back what Mark is saying. Smart bird, by the way. Yeah. Um, and so he realizes, oh shit, the fucking bird in this car. Yeah. They have like a giant like parrot or something. This bird 
can hear me. And so he's giving directions to the bird to say to the couple. <laughs> Which is great because, they, I mean, these couple, this couple is like in their 80s. And like the, the scene where the, the husband is, uh, Caleb is fixing the tire, car, engine, whatever he's doing underneath the car, it's very unclear. Um, and Mark is trying to talk to the wife who I believe was Mary. Um, not that it matters, but, you know. I want to give her a name. Molly. 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 Uh, He's trying to talk to her, and, you know, she just pulls out her Bible, and he's like, okay, yeah, okay, you look for the answer in there. I'm sure you'll find it, (laughs) which is, like, (laughs) another one of the the more subtle, funny moments. Um, But as they're driving down the road, they're listening to some, like, fire and brimstone preacher on the radio, and then the parrot starts talking, and they're like, what? (laughs) At first, like... First, they think it's each other, and like we know that that Mark uh, tends towards vulgar humor, so he makes the parrot say "sex," and Molly's like, "Oh, so that's what you want? Then why did you marry me?" <laughs> God damn, Molly! <laughs> like damn, Molly! Shit! <laughs> but then, like the, the parrot starts giving them direction, you know, like stop the car, or turn around, and then Caleb just stops the car, and gets out, like that's it. This thing is possessed by a demon. <laughs> and he uh, totally uh, reasonable reaction. And we're gonna assume that uh, Caleb uh, fucking killed the bird, right? I, almost definitely. That's our assumption. Caleb, <laughs> Caleb killed that bird. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't like them birds, Molly. Choke <laughs> these motherfuckers. I want to fight that bird. <laughs> so, meanwhile, what we've learned is that it's now it's been a year since Mark has been missing. So, it's so been a in. While. In the world, it's been a while since I'm in fucking Caleb, cut that shit out. So, <laughs> so uh, meanwhile, uh, uh, Ellen uh, has not given up hope uh, that uh, Mark is. I mean, she kind of thinks he's dead, but also kind of has not given up hope. Uh, Weston, however, Adam, Adam, we has basically been like. <laughs> Yo, babe, like your husband's dead. Let's bone, and uh, we should get married. And I'm gonna write a book. And she's like, mm, I don't know. I don't. I don't really think that's a good idea. And uh, so what we've learned is that we uh, he he admits to uh, his preacher friend that all the tapes, basically the the scientific evidence that he was supposed to gather on this trip when Mark left, he faked all of it. So this this whole thing was basically a just for show. It was all fake. Um, and he just, uh, like the whole purpose of it was just to be like, look how cool I am. Promote Mm -hmm. me to general. See, don't you like me better than your husband? Let's, let's get married. That, that literally was all he was after. Like he didn't really have a science goal. An incredibly convoluted plan to just to be a sleaze. (laughs) Right, right. So he's trying to move in on on the wife, and she's like, "Well, listen, it's it's almost our anniversary. I'm gonna have a séance and try to call Mark, and you know, get put basically put this to rest and get some closure on on the fact that he's missing." Makes right? sense. Yeah, like you do, as you do. Yeah, you have séances all the time. It was it was a hit in the '80s. Um, so he. So now back to Mark. Mark has found his way now back to his home. Now, the thing that we learned, too, is Adam West is at the home, and he's like, yeah, this is dumb. And, you know, the little boy is kind of a brat to him because, obviously, nobody fucking likes him. Yeah, Ron fucking Uh, hates him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hates him. Can't stand him. 
but we learned that uh, that he had that that the family had a dog, has a dog and a bird. A dog named Elmer and a bird named Buddy. A bird named Buddy. So Elmer. what we've learned is that both the animals have been very sad since Mark has uh, has left. Basically, since been gone. <laughs> there you go. Caleb? That's what you were looking for. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> zoom, 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 zoom. <laughs> so here's the thing. <laughs> they started out friends. See, it's, cool. it works. It's, we we can make it work with this movie. <laughs> I think it can work. It's, it'd probably be better as a musical. So, um, <laughs> so the dog has been kind of mopey, and the bird dog. hasn't spoken since Mark has left. Mm-hmm. Now Mark comes home. Uh, and the dog is freaking out and barking, and he's like, oh, my God, because the dog can see Mark. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he comes in, and, and there, it's in the middle of the seance, and the bird is there, and he gets the bird to come out and start talking. And she's like, oh, my God. So she kicks everybody, you know, the wife kicks everyone out of the house, and she finally is like, Mark, are you there? And he's talking to the bird, and he basically explains the whole spiel, right, that... Um, I you know I feel like time warp uh, as a concept would probably make a good song, oh. um, or or like a dance. Maybe so, we could like we could just make it like a jump to the left, or a step to the right. So about that, Put your hands on your hips. So in it, Rocky Horror is one of the, and I know that this will get me in trouble, and I don't care. Um, <laughs> or I'm sorry, as the line goes, and I know that it's bad for our image, but I don't give a damn. <laughs> um, I have not seen that movie start to finish in its entirety. I'm sure I've seen most, if not all of it, in pieces. Honestly, like it's probably great. It's it's classic for a reason. I get that. I'm not shitting on it. Um, but I don't know it. And so I don't understand <laughs> Cancel Caleb. Yeah, that, you know what? That's fair. Hashtag <laughs> that's, Cancel that's Caleb. Um, I... I I don't know what the time warp is other than a dance and a song in the movie. Like, That's do it. they actually, like, is there time travel involved at all? Or no. is it there just is space travel, but there is no time travel. I mean, we're always traveling through space. I guess technically right. we're always traveling through time too, but in a very linear fashion. I, have you ever seen uh, <laughs> time, not space? Have, but no, I have go, no idea. Long way around. <laughs> have you ever seen Wet Hot American Summer? Yes. So there's the scene where uh, I, I forgot his fucking name, Nigel from uh, mm-hmm. Frasier. Yeah. Um, and he's like, uh, you know, you could say, uh, you know, y- you could say that we're all on this tiny little spaceship called Earth rocketing through the universe. And <laughs> one of the girls goes, when could you say that? And he goes, right now, <laughs> right to your friends at a party. And she was like, cool. <laughs> It's just really funny. This made me think of that. It just made me think of uh, I Heart Huckabees. Have you ever transcended time and space? Yes. No. Time, not space. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> great movie. That's another great movie. I feel like we referenced that movie not that long ago, too. Um, I, I feel like we've we've referenced it enough that it, like we may eventually have to actually talk about it. It's gonna happen. I don't, I don't it's know. bound to happen. It's, you know, maybe. It's on maybe. the list for, for this year, maybe. So... Back to this movie for some reason. Um, so <laughs> now, we're obligated. what we've so another thing we've learned is that the uh, the generals are so impressed with uh, with uh, Colonel Weston's project and everything that he's done that they've decided they're going to send him up to space to try to salvage uh, the Solo One because they they believe in his project so much and they want him to basically go and get the information they uh, off of the ship. They want the data tapes. 
uh, which is mm-hmm. beautifully dated. I love that. Uh, yeah. And they want the uh, they they want to be able to put you know Mark's remains to rest in a, in a hero's burial. It's all very sweet. Uh, but meanwhile, we also learn that Mark has a very limited window uh, of time where the, like the the West Ten or Mud, uh, as we know him, uh, has calculated the the time that he believes that the uh, the anomaly, the the time warp thing, will. Um, uh, collapse and it will implode in on itself. And he has roughly four days, uh, which we know it's a, a two day journey and mud requires at least a, you know, one day to like process all the data and like prepare for the trip, which gives them an extra, like a day of flex to, to make the trip. And they can go back through the anomaly back, and like theoretically end up back in 1985 and then travel home as normal. Um, and, um, you know, Mark wants to use that extra time to go back and spend with his wife. You know, like, you know, what if what if you're wrong? I want to make sure that I see her at least one more time. But in the meantime, conveniently, one of the fuel lines springs a leak inside the ship, mind you. They've got, like, literally propane canisters of fuel that are just hanging out inside the ship. And one of the lines just starts gushing fuel. <laughs> like, oh, well, I guess we're stuck now. Yeah. Uh, I also love the fact that, like... The spaceship is literally powered by propane mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. propane accessories. Um, it's <laughs> just like maybe that's why we've never gone uh, past uh, the moon. We haven't thought of using propane instead. Yeah, get, call yeah. up Hank Hill. Let's get <laughs> propane and propane accessories. Propane. Let's get him to uh, fucking send us to Jupiter. <laughs> that's where it's at. Oh so, my God. Now I want. I, mm. <laughs> Mm. I want Hank that. NASA. <laughs> Where they realize that, like, oh shit, all we needed all along was propane and, like, Hank Hill to the rescue. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, <laughs> damn it, Bobby. <laughs> damn it, Bobby. There's a, there's a Houston. Damn it, Houston. We got a problem. Anyways, so, uh, yeah. So and so now Mark learns of of Colonel Wesson heading up to space. So they concoct this plan where Ellen is going to pretend to be like, "You're right. I'm over my husband. Let's bang right here in the spaceship." And as they do that, they're disrobing him out of the uniform so that Mark can get into it. He can hop into the spaceship, and the spaceship heads out, and he heads back into the anomaly so he can get sent back to the correct time. Which I love that under his spacesuit, he's wearing what appears to be the jacket and like shirt and everything from his general's uniform, but then like pajama pants. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it definitely was like pajama pants. It looks like it looks like you know in Bewitched when when uh, 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 Colonel Major, whatever his name, what was his name, Colonel? I forgot I don't who it was. Remember. Anyways, um, uh, he when he got into his pajamas, it just looked like he was wearing a suit. Uh, like made of pajamas, and that's kind of what it was like. The uh, swoot, <laughs> the swoot. <laughs> yeah. Darren, I think was his name. Darren, Dick yeah, York? but it, yeah. Uh, yeah, D- yeah, Dick York. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I just did um, a quick yeah. googly search. A little googly <laughs> search. Casual. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's how we've been doing it the past year and a half. Redefining so, leisure suit. So Mark is now back into his spaceship, and off he flies. Uh, back into the anomaly, which and- Mud assures him. Like, they, they, 
Um, they have to ensure that the the, the ship, the the Solo Two, again, very creative with the names. Like just give them the, give them yeah, the, the round of one, two, three. Uh, Mud assures him that as long as the ship was made at least a year ago and like existed prior to when he should have arrived home, that going through the anomaly will be fine. If it was made newer, it won't have existed. Uh, and so he'll be kind of fucked when he comes to the anomaly uh, without a ship, uh, which is an interesting twist. Uh, and I kind of would have liked to see that play out. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, um, Mark makes the point like, well, what about you? Like, you know, you'll exist, right? Like, I mean, we, we made you, but like the rest of you is like back in the, the solo one, like, and Mon is like, oh, well, no, just get my hydro laser crystal. Real thing. I didn't make that up just now. Uh, and mm-hmm. like, well, that's basically like my computer soul. And as long as you have that, I'll be fine. But just as they're about to go through the anomaly, Mud makes the, the heartbreaking revelation that there's no such thing as a hydro laser crystal. Uh, which explains why apparently Mark didn't actually have it because we never see it. Uh, right. And he's like, you know, this is goodbye, but like, you've been my best friend. It's very, very, very touching. Yeah. And the, the little plastic canister AI. The little light goes <laughs> says out. Says goodbye. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, you know, moment of silence for mud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, Mark flies off into the uh, the galactic sunset and uh, roll credits. That is the end of this movie. It just it just you're just kind of left to being like, well, I guess it worked. I maybe I don't know. <laughs> Which was actually an interesting choice. Uh, partly, you know, they they were probably out of time, and this was less than an hour and a half long. And mm-hmm. if it was made for TV, I'm sure that was intentional. Uh, but there's this whole scene uh, just before they depart for the fuck ship to uh, <laughs> where Ron is like, you know, a year ago, I won't remember any of this. No shit, kid. Yeah. It didn't happen. He's <laughs> uh, like, well, was it really real, Mom? And, you know, she's like, yeah, it was real. And you know, this an interesting thought that like Mark remembers all of this. He remembers going back and, you know, forward in time essentially. And like all of these things that could have happened. And so he knows damn well what kind of friend Ed actually is. Oh, yeah. And so, uh, be, I would for one, be very interested to see the, uh, the reunion when Mark actually arrives home. When he comes back and was like, you the, motherfucker. The other thing that like, we didn't get to see with them not really showing us like how much he can physically interact with the, the, the world in 1986. I wanted to see him just punch Ed. <laughs> just square the face. You, you like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> this would be great. Uh, okay, so should you watch this movie? I don't know. Maybe. Yes, only for Adam West. <laughs> yeah, let's... Like, strictly for Adam West. It, it, so I mentioned this earlier that it kind of felt like they wanted to be a slapstick comedy akin to Airplane or They Call Me Bruce uh, or stuff like that. Like, it wanted mm-hmm. to be one of those, like, funny comedies, and it just wasn't there. The comedy wasn't there. It was yeah. it was missed. Um but uh as for a time travel movie, cool concept. Yeah. I like the idea of coming back but because you're not in your time, you exist on maybe a different frequency than anyone else and so out of phase. Yeah, you're out of phase and no one can can see you. Kind of a cool concept, but I mean, of the films we're going to watch this month uh and beyond, Probably not. It probably probably the worst of all the time travels we've watched. Uh, would, maybe Escape Twenty One Twenty is. I would watch a gritty reimagining of this starring Tom Holland. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> I would also watch that. Tom Holland is Mark DeVore. Um, but that, like, actually, have you seen Chaos Walking? I have not. Is it good? You should watch Chaos Walking. It's Tom okay. Holland and oh, yeah. um and uh, Daisy Ridley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, that's it the one where like you can, they on the planet like they can see everyone's thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It was actually uh, really cool. Yeah. Fascinating concept. Uh, I just. So saw the delayed uh, video for me on the, the Twitch stream of like raising my hands above my head. I'm like, wow, I look like a everybody. <laughs> uh, so let this be a lesson to y'all that you should you should watch this because you, you miss out on all the visual humor. Um, oh yeah, there's a lot of it. Yeah, of I can sit still. I anticipated this being a comedy based largely on having Adam West in it, uh, but also because it's advertised as such, and you know it's a kind of funny concept. Uh, I laughed more, f- by far, uh, just in the making of this episode than I did watching the movie. There, there were some yeah. funny moments. It's, it wasn't awful, uh, but as I said early on, it was not good. Yeah, um, you know, and if you uh, if you head over to our website, Caleb, what is our website, by the way? Oh well, I just I just remembered to update that today. Actually, uh, <laughs> that would be uh, thenohoit.com. That's t h e n h o i t dot com, uh, where of course we have our always up to date and never late uh, schedule of upcoming episodes for the month, uh, where you can find links to trailers as well as uh, where you can find these movies streaming if available. A quick update on last week's episode: uh, when we watched Predestination, we watched it on Tubi TV. Uh, Tubi pulled it starting in July, so it's not technically available uh, on Tubi, which today, as we're recording this, is the release date of that episode. So uh, hopefully you will have found it by now, if that's the case, because uh, we did encourage you to watch that one. Uh, <clears throat> but I did find it on Pluto TV for free on demand. Oh, so, cool. Uh, I, I like made sure to, to, to link that. If, if you visit thenahoyt.com, you can actually, uh, when I find the movies uh, available for streaming, I try to do a direct link straight to it. So if it's a free service or if you have the service, it'll just take you right to be able to watch it. Uh, but just below that uh, is our contact form where you can request movies that you want to hear us talk about. And uh, and we will, uh, which if you remember last week's uh, movie Predestination uh, was from two uh, different uh, listener requests. Uh, and we've done a couple of full months of listener requests and we've got enough bank right now that uh, we've got a, a couple of good uh, months like that. So, you know, ready to go. So keep them coming. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we love those requests. Uh, you know, and something I thought about with predestination. So again, this is a little bit of a spoiler, um, but it actually ties to the last uh, the episode four of Loki. Oh yeah. Um. So episode four of Loki. This is a spoiler for both episode four of Loki and predestination. Warning. Uh, fast forward twenty seconds, uh, if you don't want that. Is that Loki? kind of like implies that he was going to make out with himself mm-hmm. uh, in mm-hmm. episode four and then mm-hmm. predestination, they just, they just fuck. So <laughs> that movie was so good. It was so, so good. bizarre and so twisted, but so good. It was so bizarre and so good. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, everyone, thanks a lot for joining us for this uh, uh, full episode of Time Warp. Uh, so next week we are back again with another time travel movie. Uh, this one is time uh, sleeper. Time Sleeper. So is this? It looks this to be is, more of a more of a dramatic film uh, yeah. than what we've been watching. 
And this also is a very, very indie film. So this was uh, pretty much shoestring budget uh, um, uh, written. So this one's going to be kind of cool to uh, take a look at. And then the last film of the month is going to be Time Crimes. Um, and that <laughs> one... fucking weird. Which looks fucking weird, but it was directed by Nacho Vigalando, who was the director for Colossal. Uh, really? And A Hathaway. Yeah. Okay. All right. So well, then... this should be really interesting because this was before uh, Colossal. So this should be really interesting to see what this was like and this is a spanish language film nacho uh, uh vigilando is a uh, a spanish director um uh, and a hispanic director so uh this is a spanish language film but both of the next two films are available on tubi tv uh, i checked at the beginning of the month so we yeah, are same. good to go um cool so thanks a lot for joining us everyone and we will see you twitch people hang out because we're still gonna be here for a while uh but we will see uh podcast people next time father's tragic past, hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. A cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller series, a Night Shift Radio original. Every month we bring a new short story to life in a full cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition, and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller series wherever you listen to podcasts and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information. Mm-hmm.